Here we go. Andy Warren here to talk to you about our sponsors, Manscaped.com. At this point, you know the drill. You've heard it enough times. You know about the Lawnmower 4.0. You know about the cutting-edge ceramic blades to reduce grooming accidents thanks to skin-safe technology. You know about the 7,000 RPM motor. You know about a new multifunction on-off switch to engage travel locks. And you know about the ability to turn on a 4,000K LED spotlight and the fact the lawnmower is waterproof. You know about the weed whacker. Stuart Watson's told you about that. Sort out your nose and ear hair. And you know about the crop preserver and the crop reviver, which will help you smell your best. But what you maybe don't know is about the two free gifts thrown in with the performance package 4.0 free gifts and that's what we all want isn't it manscape will throw in a pair of boxes really comfortable really really soft they'll look after you and you know what the best bit about it is the shed travel bag it's a black and brown leather travel bag i walk into football grounds holding it i feel like a football player i walk into budget hotels with it following football matches and i feel like a big deal so Performance package 4.0, two free gifts, boxes, shed, travel bag, and you can get 20% off all of those things and free shipping by using the code KOA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code KOA at manscaped.com. Now on with the show. Well, hello, KOA Army. It's the beginning of a new week, I say. What a, what a weekend that was. I'm Mike Bacon, and I'm standing in for the, for the Heath Monster, who once again has, has failed a late fitness test. When he failed a fitness test, soon as the ball hit the back of the net, charging out into his back garden, tripping over his pizza patio straight into his pond, and that's been the end of him for the weekend. As you can see, he's having time off. Um, I'm having to introduce this. Who cares? 94th minute win. I'll, I'll introduce them all day long, quite happily. Um, so I'm Mike Baker. As I said, I'm replacing uh, Mr. Heath, who's not here today. Um, currently, uh, I, did, I did a little check-in on him this morning. Apparently, sitting in his bath, in his pants, in a bunch of ice cubes, just to calm him down, apparently. That's how excited he got on Saturday afternoon after the goal went in. So there you go. That's uh, that's where Mr. Heath is. Um, so, But there is three of us. Um, Dr. Watson, I'm afraid, is also absent. Absent, not without leave, because um, he's actually he's actually on leave. Um, a 94th minute, minute uh, winner. Um, he hasn't seen any of them for years, and uh, so he takes the day off, which, uh, well, that's great timing. Anyway, Mr. Uh, Dr. Watson's off, so that's not sure. But who cares? Look, look who I'm surrounded by. If you're watching this on the video, you'll see. If you listen on the pod, I'm going to tell you, because... My first, my first, I call them a guest. See, I call these people guests. They're not guests. They're our friends. They're friends of our KOA army. Um, the first person who's alongside me at Portman Road on Saturdays, we jumped up and down with Brett um, to celebrate the uh, 94th minute winner. It's Mr. Hutch, Hutchinson, Hutch, Hutchy, Hutch, Hutch Hogan, Hutch, Hutch. got a cat that he keeps in a hutch. Andy Warren. Andy, how are you? Oh, I've got no words, Michael. Um, I'm good. You? Yeah, it's nice to see you. Always Thank nice you to much. see. Always nice to see you. Always nice to see me. That's very kind of you, Andy, to say that. Thank you very much. Um, uh, and fi- and of course, <laughs> our other king today. Well, he's a he's a man who's well. The fans love him. They even start to sing. They're singing. Uh, who's there? Something in the black. I don't know what on earth that means. I don't know if he had a black top on on Saturday. I don't know if it's a referee they're talking about. Anyway, he takes takes videos, he puts them up, he takes them down, he puts them up again, he gets told to take them down again. Up and down they go, these videos. He catches the town fans as they celebrate the 94th minute winner. It's Roscoe Ross. Ross Halls, Roscoe Ross. They call him Ross Halls. Hello, Ross. Hello, Mike. That is um, a fantastic intro. And I am still buzzing from the late winner, but I'm also buzzing to be on the pod with you fine gentlemen. And I love your jumper, by the way. If you watch this on video, you'll see Mike's jumper can you explain what you're wearing it's it's my pringle jumper ross roscoe ross it's a pringle Pringle. yes golf pringle because i can play golf not very well but i wear a jumper that makes me look like i can play golf which of course is half the battle in any sport is it looking like you can do it even if you can't but i can in golf so um here we are um yes my golf jumper so uh yeah well, well look what a weekend that was oh have we all just recovered i mean i don't oh we're bouncing out of the ground Bouncing, all of us. Roscoe, go on. 
How are you feeling? When when a ball hit the back of the net, wow. Oh, you know, I was worried a little bit when because when Fleetwood equalised, they equalised in the 82nd minute. And I thought, oh, here we go again. Same old story. On the high of winning at Pompey 4-0. And then Fleet would get the equaliser. But then, beautiful ball from Lee Evans into Genoi. Genoi has been unbelievable. And then Burst and Selena. Oh, the scenes in that north. And, you know, late winners. Who doesn't love a late winner? And just buzzing. And all the fans are buzzing all weekend long. And I'm sure they're still buzzing going into work Monday morning. Oh, unbelievable scenes. Excellent. Use the word buzzing five times there, which is fantastic because that's exactly how we feel. Buzzing, buzzing, buzzing. Um, I mean, you managed to capture the scenes, Ross. I mean, do, are, you, are you are you you obviously are you ready there with your camera? Can you can you predict these things? I mean, it's extraordinary. You managed to sort of you're not allowed to get the goal, of course, but you yeah. are allowed to get the scenes. And wow, you're there, aren't you? Yeah, I'm. I'm lucky that fortunate position to be on pitch side. You know, unfortunately, you guys are up in the press box, but um, being right there, up close and personal. Um, I actually did film um, EFL shadow figures. Hopefully, they're not listening and watching this video. But I did film the goal, but of course, I didn't put it out. But I don't know. I felt something was coming. I just felt something was coming. And Janoy was in the box, and he put it into Burson's lean. He scored. One thing I got a bit annoyed about is Burson decided to celebrate the other way. Didn't go and celebrate near me, so I couldn't catch that emotion. But because um, I didn't even realise that a fan got on the pitch, um, which was fantastic to see. Um, but oh, just fantastic. <laughs> well, I don't think we're allowed to say it's fantastic to see the fans on the pitch. But I think I know oh. what you mean. The excitement boiled over and quite rightly so. And even the press box, it boiled over, didn't it, Mr. Hutch? Uh, look, look, Mr. Warren, tell them the story. Tell them the story about me, you and the goal. <laughs> I think the story you want me to tell everyone is that, Mike, uh, Mike is that when... Lee Evans took the ball on the turn and began to play a, a nice little cross-field ball, as Paul Cook wants him to do, into the penalty area. I think what you want me to say, Mike, is um, yes. is that you said a goal's coming here. I did, and then it did, didn't it? And that's wow. uh, and that's that's what you wanted me to say. That was um, the vision and foresight that not only Lee Evans, Janoi Dalasian, and Bursan Salida were were able to show in that situation, but you also was. Um, was um was staggering. Um very, very impressed with all all four of you in that in that scenario. I was part of that goal from up high in the stands. I mean it was yes, I did say that, didn't I? But then again, and you didn't let on the fact that I tend to say that every time the ball goes in the in the in the box, which uh, sort of defeats it rather. But no, I mean what a what a finish. Um right, okay. <laughs> Well, in all seriousness, what a great game. Um, let's dissect it very slightly because obviously a lot has been said about already. Andy, though, I mean, yeah, talk us through. I mean, it was it was a it was a bizarre game, really, in a lot of ways, wasn't it? That uh, that town were, were were not great first half, really. But when they took the lead in the second, you thought that was going to be it. Then the equaliser, you thought, oh, here we go again. But then the big finish. Yeah, um, I think that was the story of it, wasn't it? But it all it all obviously came on a on a special day for the football club with an American owner, Brett Johnson, over for the first time, the first of them to be able to to make the trip. And um, ultimately, ultimately, everything delivered for him. Um, from the stands and for all the fans that will be watching on as well. But it, it didn't look like it was going to. Um, Ipswich were largely comfortable, I thought, throughout all of this game. Probably the better side throughout all of this game. And ultimately did take the lead just after half-time through Connor Chaplin. That's a, a really good goal as well. That one's going to kind of be forgotten a little bit, I think, given everything that happened after that. But a really nice strike from a player that's um, that's banging form. Um but that goal settled things after a, a bit of a first half where they came out the blocks quickly, came out firing, um, couldn't take the lead. And it all went a bit flat in the 20 minutes before half time. I thought. The midfield was was getting deep and um, not really able to influence the game. But but that goal, you'd hoped, would then kind of be lift off and, and go on and, and win a, a game that they should win comfortably. comfortably. But but they didn't. They didn't find the second Um and ultimately lost a lead, which is a, a similar story to what we've seen in in so many games. But um, ultimately, ultimately this time um, they got themselves uh, got themselves the late winner that everybody wanted, and it was um, yeah, it was a brilliant day. You, the noise was was incredible. Um, I'm sure you could hear that throughout the whole town as that goal uh, went in, depending on which way the wind was blowing. But um, couldn't have scripted it much better, could you? 
Well, you couldn't, and you're right. I'd had no idea which way the wind was blowing, but it'd be interesting to know from our Koei army where they heard it. Well, of course, they'd all have been in the ground, so they wouldn't be, they wouldn't have been hanging around anywhere else. Um, Roscoe, big noise when that final goal went in. But as Andy said, the first half, I think I wrote down in my report, it was a bit of a damp squid. Um, I think I meant squib, but um, I don't quite know if I spelled it right. I had to nudge Andy just to make sure I got it correct. Um, but it was, wasn't it, um, Ross? I mean, we, you know, town started so well. And the, the first half sort of petered a little bit, didn't it? Yeah, I think Fleetwood's played the game they wanted us to play, really. I think they wanted to really go at us, you know, be really physical. Um, and yeah, I felt, as Andy said, I went really flat in the last 10 minutes of that first half. And I thought, oh, OK, is this going to be a, a dull, goalless draw? Um, but thankfully, the second half came to life and we showed some grit. Um, but yeah, first half, I don't know, it's, it's been a, a bit of a worry for me. First half, we can't never get going sometimes. Um but no, thankfully we got we got the goal, and as um you know Hutch said about Chapman's goal, that will be forgotten about. But I watched it back this morning and thought that is a fantastic strike. Um, and I think if you haven't watched it, watch it back. It's a good goal. Um, and Chaplin, he's on fire, isn't he? He just left the keeper completely standing, didn't he? Just uh, he, he took the ball on, sort of bent it round a, a defender, and the keeper just couldn't even move towards it. He struck that cleanly and and firmly, and and into the the side of the goal that he'd left, kind of free almost is um unstoppable really there's always something beautiful about a goalie not moving isn't there yeah when, the ball, when somebody takes yeah. a shot the goal just stands still it doesn't even move there's something beautiful about that the ball goes to the back of the net and you just think the goalie's just completely see i mean that was a fantastic i think he took it with his right and hit it with his left i mean that that you're right it has got a little bit lost but yeah something nice about the goal just standing there <laughs> the ball just goes past him he doesn't even move um Terrific goal by Chapman, who's uh well we had we had Macaulay Bond on fire. We still have Macaulay Bond on fire. Now we've got another goal goal scorer on fire, Andy. I mean that's 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 what you that's what you need, isn't it? Yeah, they need uh, they needed that, not just to have somebody else scoring regularly, but for, for those goals and that, that level of impact to come from the number ten position, which um they've tried an awful lot of different sort of equations in that attacking three behind Bond. Um and this one, this one's all adding up. It's um, he's grown into the role. He had a bit of a slow start with a with um with an injury, I think, early on, and, and wasn't wasn't fully fit. Excuse me. Um, oh dear, oh dear, Andy, are you all right? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. Okay. Thanks for your thanks for your concern. Fine, um, but but yeah, uh, but he's he's getting himself up to speed now, more than up to speed. And is it five and seven now for him? And to have those goals coming from the number ten position. Um, it's great. I thought it was really interesting what Gary Roberts said after the game about how much is demanded of the number ten mm. in in Paul Cook's teams. It's not just about it's it's so so much is required from him from it in all phases of the game. It's a hard role to play. Um, Gary was saying, but um, he's making it look look fairly easy at the moment. Um, just uh, and then you you also have goals t- two in three before the weekend for Sonia Luco from from the right and then. Still trying to work out exactly what to do with the left. All, all with Wes Burns sort of on the bench. Who I thought actually had a real impact on this game when he came on. He injected a bit of a. All obviously, Selena grabbed the headlines from the bench with the with the goal. But the man that that made sure that Ipswich were on the front foot um, throughout his time on the pitch was Wes Burns. I thought um, just he's he's just got one thought on his mind, and that's to to beat a man and, and get into the box, and and that's exactly what he did. Just made sure Ipswich were flying. Forward, it's all it's all coming together, isn't it? Um, it feels like anyway, in in just pieces of the puzzle slotting together. I think you're right, Andy. And I think, I mean, like you know, when you can bring on Wes Burns and Burr Sant Selina in League One, Ross. I mean, that's you know, it's, it's sort of a dream. It's a dream situation for town fans, really, because there's no doubt about it. Ipswich were equally as strong, if not stronger, when they bought the subs on, which doesn't happen very often at this level of football. No, definitely not. I don't know who Fleetwood brought on, but I'm sure they probably weren't bringing on Wes Burns or Burst and Selena. You, you also got your boy Joe Piggott on the bench as well, you know, to come on if, if needed. And, you know, Wes Burns has got that pace, you know, a tiring Fleetwood side. He's going to come on and make, as Hutchie said, he changed the game. Burson comes on. He hasn't been maybe as good as we were hoping he was going to be. But for him, you know, a lot of people may have criticised him, but, you know, he had COVID. He didn't have a pre-season. He's, you know, having to bed back into the squad um, and he's, you know, come on and scored late whenever he scored late whenever before. I was there at Burton when he chucked his shirt in the Burton end um, and he's done the same again. Hopefully he has got his shirt back. Did he get it back? Yeah, well, he I did. Thought, 
did he, Andy? Because you, I never, in all the excitement, because I, when the when the goal went in, I, I stood up and did and did sort of. A, a, do you remember? I sort of did a backflip, and um, which was extraordinary in the press box because there wasn't much room. But you, yeah. you, it was, you said, tight. It, it was tight, and you said he's lost his shirt. But he, he held his he held his his shirt into the crowd, which is what which is what he wants to do. Um, um, he does that. That's that's routine. That's what he did at Burton. Had a bit of an under had an undershirt on this time. He was uh, he was he was fully topless after the Burton one. But he had one of the blue undershirts on. But that ended up in the crowd. And um, Connor Chaplin's the man who deserves the credit for getting it back. He he somehow managed to fish it out of the crowd. I think he they got thrown another Ipswich shirt first, a blank one. Um, I don't know whether the person who caught it had just removed his and tried to do a little bit of a trade, but somehow they did eventually get that shirt back, um, which Bursat and himself after the game said, you know, if that was me that had caught it, I'd have kept it. But he, I think the guy, the guy at the stand has missed a trick. There was a bit of a, a moment in the NFL yesterday um, where Tom Brady, legendary quarterback, Legend. threw his uh, 600th career touchdown pass in that game. And the guy who caught it ended up chucking the ball into the crowd. And then in American sports, those balls are kind of like the ball that was thrown for that pass is a big deal. That's like a piece of history. And this guy caught it in the crowd. And like some, some officials from the team waded in um, to try and get it back. And there was a, a long negotiation period about what the guy would get in exchange for giving it back. And he ended up there. There was some talk of like a season ticket for life. Um, there was talk of uh, another, a different, a different ball, signed jerseys cash um i don't know what he got eventually but um i don't know this guy this this guy ipswich may be a bit more honest just happy to uh happy to throw it back and be involved in a in a big moment just like your your uh just like the guy who ran on the ran the pitch which we do not condone do we but um we do not ross we don't want we, any of that no. sort of talk again please we, we, giggling, giggling and laughing that somebody ran on the pitch thank you very much we, we absolutely do not condone it but it did make some great pictures um brilliant pictures brilliant pictures he, he was he was involved in that celebration yep. and i think he i saw a video i think he safely made it back into his seat as well so uh the criminal may still be out there <laughs> excellent well look that's great and of course the whole the whole the whole afternoon was sort of encapsulated by Mr. Brett Johnson being there. I mean, wow, what fantastic to see him. I mean, he's, he's one of, you know, one of the uh, one of the new American owners. They can't all be here at this moment in time, unfortunately. But Brett, well, they had the American flags up. They had all sorts of goings on. He met lots of people. Um, he met loads of celebrities and top people while he was here over, the, over these first few first um, over these few days. And of course, one of the people he met, one of the top top celebrities he met, was Andy Warren. Now, um, Andy, oh sorry, but of course, <laughs> <laughs> Andy. You, I mean, it, it, it was fantastic, was it? You, you caught up with him a little bit. You you, you met him. I mean, a few thoughts on 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 meeting Brett. Yeah, Ross and Ross and I were down at. Um... Portman Road on Friday afternoon when uh, when Brett arrived. Um, he's a big man, isn't he, Ross? Very tall, um, very big smile. How, how, how tall would you suggest? Do you think what, what we talking? Six Seven. four. Six yeah. four. He's not. We're, we're not. Uh, and he's a bit. He's not Thomas Holy, but he's. Um, I don't know. Maybe six four, six five. He's a. He's a former colle intercollegiate rower. So that, if you can imagine, that's the kind of build he rolled crew. Um, so. <laughs> He's also, he's also. I think he's got an identical twin. It reminds me of um, the Winklevoss twins, and you know the uh, the Social Network, um, the Facebook film reminds yes. me of them a little bit. Um, but yeah, very, very friendly man. Clearly, clearly excited to be here, as you would do after a sort of a, a big. Imagine a, a, you make a massive purchase and you're not able to get your hands on it for for six months. I mean, Mike, that jumper. Did you have to wait to get hold of that? It's funny you said it. I did actually. Yes, I put deposit down, and it took two months to come. I was I was all over the place to, to try. There you it are. Mm. There you are. Exactly. So, so for him to be here now was was a big was a big moment for him, and, and he gave up sort of forty five minutes of his time to to do some photos with Ross over in the stands, and then then came up to one of the exec box, boxes with myself, uh, Brenna Woolley from the BBC, and, and Phil Ham from TWTD, and sat down and, and talked about um, his emotions. Really. Um, it, 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 just his emotions at finally being being here after such a long wait, how he's felt watching games from afar, what he's made of the season so far and and everything like that. So um, it was great to meet him um, and great to see 
clearly the passion that that not just he that he's kind of brought over here kind of on behalf of the rest of the ownership group who sadly weren't able to make it um, on this occasion. But it's just great to see the enthusiasm that they have for, for what they've purchased. And um, and it was great as well that they were able to sort of produce on a on a big day for the club because Ipswich have a habit of not doing that, don't they? Whenever it... <laughs> Absolutely. Ru- rubbish on television, rubbish against Norwich, rubbish yeah. in the Cups, um, even little things like when the club have had sort of ticket promotions that have yeah. swelled swelled the crowd a little bit historically it's they've they've just it's been a damp squid um on those squid, days. Or, squid or squib <laughs> <laughs> like you know you know it's a squib but we uh we we'll call it a squid um it's just don't produce on those days but maybe just maybe the tides turned a little bit and and things that things are changing who, who knows it's, hopefully this is the start of of something really good because it, it was a great day and, and you could just tell, couldn't you? That yeah. I'm sure you you two felt the same that there was yeah. a bit of a spring in the step of of everybody, fans particularly. Actually, I think the staff at the club um, all had a bit of a spring in their step over the week over the weekend going into the game, which obviously they'd have come out bouncing afterwards. Mm, absolutely. Um, how, so, Ross, when you when you were doing the um, when you're doing the photo shoot with Brett, mm. I mean, was he very 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 yeah, very amiable and, and helpful towards you. Did you, yeah, did you sort of, you know, lean back a bit, Brett, forward a bit, Brett, that sort of thing? I mean, now I'm, I'm not very good at like giving people directions. I sometimes just go, can you just sit here and just smile at me? You know, um, but he's got, you know, he's got the Hollywood smile. Um, he's very, it was very helpful, very helpful. And um, we got a prop. We got Sam Morsey's shirt for him to hold. Um, and someone, some people were thinking I was trying to steal it because in the shot, it's sort of like stretched a bit and people going, is Ross trying to steal this shirt? But um, he was very helpful and very nice guy, and um, had a nice little little brief chat with him. And you know, he said he just had goosebumps being at Portman Road for the first time, and he, he was loving it. But um, yeah, really nice chap, and it's good to meet him. If he'd thrown his shirt at you, would you have kept it? Yes. Right there you go. Um, and just one little thing, and we were talking again. We were talking. We just had a. I, I had a pie, obviously, at uh, at Portman Road again on Saturday. No mash again, but there you go. <laughs> one of those things. A bottle of water. Um, and we were talking afterward. We we're talking before before kickoff. I told you about Phoenix Rising, um, the team that they are involved with in America. And you said to me, which I thought was very interesting, that that, that it's a, a completely. It's completely different to Ipswich Town. Their experience at Phoenix Rising was possibly completely different. Because I, I said, you what tendencies they get at Phoenix and. Just tell me a little bit about Phoenix, because just to try. So, for, so for you know, the KOA army to understand what the difference Brett was probably experiencing compared to what he possibly does usually experience. Mm, I've, obviously, I've not been. I've not been to Phoenix no. Rising, but I've you know, I've I've read a lot about them. I've I've watched videos and things like that. The crowd's obviously a lot smaller. It's a newer fan base. The club's not very old, um, and I I can't imagine that Brett has. A, He's been to football games before. I think he's. I think he's spoken about being going to watch Chelsea um, a bit when he lived in London. But in terms of ownership, I don't think he'd have experienced anything like the atmosphere that was here at the weekend at, at that at, at Phoenix. Um, it would have been very new to him. Just just the the way that the game sort of builds up and the music tries to kind of build an atmosphere, and it does build and. Um, I don't know. Without without going there, I'm not. I don't want to speak speak badly of Phoenix because they're clearly a club that are doing things yeah. very very well. Um, they're making really good progress. They're successful. Um, their attendances are a building, and they're they're switching switching stadiums at a rate of knots. It seems they're move, okay. moving moving between stadiums and upgrading their attendances and, and things like that. Um, but this will be a whole new ball game for mm. for Brett and to have witnessed sort of Portland Road at its at its rocking best at the end um yeah. there will be something that would live with him for a long time and i'm sure i'm sure the other members of game changer and the the other two lions will have um been slightly envious watching that game over their breakfast on the west coast Absolutely, I think. But you're thinking of something up, Ross. Uh, uh, Andy, actually, quite right because they say you haven't been, but you haven't been to fit. But I mean, it's, it, it was likely a very different um, mm. atmosphere to what he's saying. And of course, some of the North Stand songs um, who he must uh, that he must have heard. He's probably never heard of any some of them before. I shouldn't think either. But um, we won't go through all them now. Um, but I mean, Heart the Herald and all that sort of thing. You won't really have heard too much of them, I don't think, in Phoenix. But um, anyway, he it, what what a great cage for Brett, or well, a great cage for all of us. 
fantastic. And um, yeah, so um, last word uh, to finish with Ross on the atmosphere and the fans. And you spoke to after afterwards because must have been must have been buzzing. Do you were you for, were you forcing them away to get? You had so many queuing up to talk to you. What what happened? You know that is the the favorite part of you know if we do win, you know fans are buzzing once again, bringing that word in. Um, and yeah, fans just that's six times just that's six times you yeah, said that get, I'm, g- I'm gonna create a counter now. It's gonna come up on the screen in a second. But uh, no, the <laughs> fan, you know, I think for us when it, when we win, it's it's great for us and it's great for all the fans. And um, I want to quickly bring up about Brett Johnson. I'm sure he probably wouldn't have heard, you know, the referee's a wanker. Um, sort of phrase, but uh, sorry to bring it in, but I'm sure he wouldn't have heard that before. Um, definitely at a right Phoenix Rising game. Um, but no, yeah, the fans were, um, were buzzing, and um, it's always good to chat to them after game. And of course, you know, the Kings Anglia fans posse that they were loving it, and um, they went home very happy indeed. And I, they were magnificent on game day. I felt some of the some of yep. the uh, some of the, some of the quotes and comments fantastic as per usual. Um, so look, we draw a little line under the Fleetwood ex- extravaganza uh, along with Brett Johnson. Um, um, now, and I'm going to call you Andrew now because it's a serious point. Um, the okay. Million, the million dollar, million dollar, million How? dollar. Pick let's call it. Let's call it dollars this weekend. Yeah. Let's call it dollars because I think it's absolutely apt. Your million dollar picks for the weekend, Andrew. I'm going to call you Andrew because serious gambling is not something to be taken lightly. Now, how we how did we progress after Watson had Doctor Watson's blown most of it now, and no wonder he's not here hiding in shame? Um, have you managed to rectify the situation? Well, yeah, we did. We did. We got things back on the on an even keel. I, I made all, pretty much all of uh, all of Watson's losses back in the Portsmouth game last week, uh, so that was fine. But so close to winning, well, kind of close to winning, uh, winning seriously big this weekend, Mike. Um, Were you? Yeah, had had twenty five thousand pounds on uh, on uh, Ipswich to win two nil with Bursant Salina scoring the final goal. No. So yeah, so oh. I, I think I, I won a victory in spirit, but um, mm. and and things like that. But you don't you don't win in spirit in this game. Um, so actually, I'm a, I'm a bit of a loser, but I. I feel like I was close. I think the scenario played out as I as I thought it might. Well, well done, Andrew. Because I mean, obviously, you've, you've been put in a very difficult situation now with a million <laughs> million dollar picks now. But thanks to Doctor yeah. Watson, he's, he's he's you know all our, all your good hard work has been ruthlessly thrown away um, in in the manner it was. Um, but you're slowly uh, pulling it back. Yeah, um, we're getting back. We're getting back. Um, can I can, can we talk about a few more things from the uh, you, from from the game? You carry on, Andrew. You just you can right? take over by all means. Go on. I just I just think that amid everything with, with Brett Johnson and Bursant Selina, there's um I don't know, there's a there's some good building blocks that emerged in this game that that won't will kind of fly under the fly under the radar a little bit, maybe. Um for a start, I thought Christian Walton was um one, he'll be disappointed to have left this game without a clean sheet, but he just gave me a sense of of calm that um, that I'm not sure we've had from from an Ipswich goalkeeper for a little while. He he made some good saves, but the thing that really struck me was um, he made one good stop. It was I think it was to stop Dan Batty of, um, in the in the second half, um, tipped the ball round a post for a corner, but then he caught the corner that followed yep. with with such an air of authority and calm. Um, that that really made me feel quite secure about um, about the town's goalkeeping position, um, which hasn't always been the case over the last two or three years. Um, obviously, another assist for Janoy Danassian. That's his th- third in two games, and that goal was lovely, wasn't it? As they moved it from just in like, midway inside the Fleetwood half to the back of the net in three touches through him and, and Lee Evans. Um, but I thought Evans and Morsi were were quite key to this game. I think I think they were they were possibly drifting a little to before half time and, and pushed back and, and playing deep. But I thought, especially the final 20, 25 minutes, they were real on the front foot and pushed up high and, and kind of made a wall that meant that Fleetwood were were penned back a little bit. And then Burns as well. I just I just think there are a few little things here that may go under the radar a little bit that are mm. all important steps towards this team getting to where they want to go because um it's not going to be Bursant Selina, Selina winning it in the 94th minute 93rd 94th minute every week and there are some big big old tests coming up which we'll get into later in the week but um yeah it's a 
as much as it was a great show, I, I think there are some there are some pieces just falling into place here, and hopefully that they're, they're putting the puzzle together at the right time. And I think Andy, I think you know, looking at Morsey and Evans, um, you get the feeling that is going to be what Cook wants, yeah. isn't it? That you you don't you don't get any feeling he's going to change them to if he doesn't have to. Um, no, and, I, th- and, I thought that when they signed. To be honest, Mike, it's, yeah, they were his Wigan midfield. Paul Cook's yeah. trying. Let, let's not let's not mess about here. Paul Cook is trying to replicate the team that he had kind of made into the Championship form side at uh, Wigan during that second half of the season before the whole thing got burnt down by by terrible terrible events of of how the financial things crumbled at Wigan. That's what he wants to recreate. Mm. And if you if he can put a flat pack ready made midfield in there. That I I just think they they work as a partnership. You can tell they um they know what they're doing, they they know each other's movements, and and they don't always necessarily make the movements that you might expect from a midfielder mm. because he, they're doing what Cook wants. And that ball from Lee Evans is exactly what Cook wants. Well, he, wants he wants that yeah. you hear you could not so much anymore because the crowds are in, but you can hear switch the play, switch the play. Yeah. That's what Paul Cook wants, particularly Lee Evans to do. So. That that partnership's coming on really nicely. So I think the likes of Carroll, El Mazzuni, Harper um, are all kind of going to have to sort of look in from the outside of this one for for a little while. I would I would say you're probably and right. And I think the thing about it was that second half particularly they were just ten yards forward. They were just ten yeah. yards more forward as you we were talking again in the press box. They were, they were ten yards more forward than they were in the first half. That um, they're always going to play a few sideways passes and a few keepy ball and a bit back and then you know sideways. Um, but when you're ten yards forward, you can suddenly do something like Evans did with, with that pass in the final minute because you're that far, you're that more far forward rather than being on the halfway mm-hmm. line trying to do it. Um, Morsey and Evans, Roscoe. I mean, they're, they're, they're your centre midfield. You like you like the way they're like the way they're moving. Yeah, I like the like the way they move. That great song. Um, I'm just excited. You know, I'm just entertained watching this side now um you know it took a while for them to bed in i think morsey was that final piece of that puzzle for that midfield you know they, they played with each other before at, at wigan um morsey's now the the club captain he's leading by example and um yeah watching that goal back this morning lee evans ball over to Genoa's just a uh, great switch of play and just uh, yeah that midfield is working very well indeed and can i just bring in i'm just gonna bring in what about mr penny I mean, I thought Matt Penny had a fairly decent game, to be honest, and he's become rather sort of the forgotten, the forgotten Penny, um, which is not forgotten. But obviously, with Coulson coming in, that sort of already always puts someone straight on the back foot. They think they've got a nice place nailed down, and suddenly the boss brings in someone, um, and you think straight away, ah. But I think he's really, you know, the fullback positions for Ipswich Town are looking. Pretty good, Andy. I think they're looking pretty pretty decent. I think if you had Coulson or Penny, but I think Penny's doing himself proud. I think he had a, a decent game again on Saturday. Yeah, I thought he was fine. And I, and I think he's 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 a safe pair of hands in many ways. Um, I think Coulson will give you more of the kind of forward momentum potentially than Penny will. Not that he's he's not he's not hanging back or anything, but I think uh, we talk about maybe Ipswich trying to replicate Paul Cook's Wigan side, and I do think he's trying to do that, all all things considered. But the I think the fullbacks have maybe um, maybe calmed down a little. Yeah. He's calmed his fullbacks down a little yeah. bit, which which I think I think there's a few reasons for that as well. Like traditionally, Cook likes we'll, we'll call them wingers, um, but the, the kind of the wide players in that three, he likes them to come inside really, so to leave room for the fullback to go on the outside historically. But Wes Burns isn't going to do you that. Wes Burns isn't a kind of come inside and play kind of guy. I know he's not in the side at the moment, but in general, um, he's a outside attack your man, beat your man kind of guy, which which means Genoi doesn't need to push up and do that on that side. Um, maybe on the left, Scott Fraser was there, um, who does come inside. So maybe the left side was needed to do that a little bit more. But I think he has maybe calmed those fullbacks down just a little bit um, because they were getting caught in behind them. Um, earlier in the season, I think that's a that's a good tweak. We've, we've critiqued Paul Cook's um, tweaks, um, in-game tweaks and things here, haven't we? We've talked about substitutions and things in the in the the past few weeks, but I think he deserves a bit of credit for that particular tweak to his ideals, maybe because it's um, given a solidity that 
that was maybe needed at a time where they were were conceding a few silly goals. So um, yeah, all, all credit to Paul Cook for that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, and of course, Cameron Burgess came on for the last 30 seconds, which was rather interesting. Um, just to perhaps to shore things up in the last last minute, which was interesting to bring him on, um, which was great. Um, so, look, I mean, it's it's, it, it's it's a great weekend. And like I say, things start in momentum. Momentum start to build, Andy. Um, um, oh, well, Ross, Ross, you tell us. I mean, it's 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 starting to build. Can you Do you feel it? I, I suppose we all do. Yeah, look, I'm going to be a bit negative here but I'm not going to get carried away because we've been burnt before I've been hurt you know the hope that kills you and all that but you know the game that changed it was the Pompey 4-0 that was the statement win Mm -hmm. and um, we showed some grit against Fleetwood we got that late winner and now it does feel like it's building here and as as Hutchie said the building blocks we're seeing this game and I feel we're now got it ticking Um, Plymouth will be a tough game this Saturday but I just feel yeah the team are now there I feel um, but we've been burnt before, so I'm not going to get too carried away. But I'm going to be happy for this time being because we back to back wins and statement wins. It's got to this place at the right time, hasn't it? Obviously, yeah. we, you look at the fixtures that have been before, and they, they should have they should be higher in the league than they are. But given given the teams that they've played so far, they should be they should be in a better position than than they are. They've, there's drop points out there. They sh- they should really they there's so many points they should have picked up, but they haven't. Most recently at Cambridge, obviously, but it is getting it's getting closer to where they want to be at the right time. Next few weeks, they've got the top two away from home, back to back Saturday, Tuesday. That's big in anybody's book, isn't it? And then also Rotherham and Sunderland in the next five league games as well. So they're they're, they're getting into a, a place at, at the right time where they can go into those games with a bit of confidence, uh, which they maybe wouldn't have done had they happened at other times in the season. And you got to hope that that this is all building to sort of produce produce um, some results in in those games because the easiest way to make up the ground they've given themselves is to beat the teams in question, isn't it? So to make if you're trying to close the gap on Wigan and um, Wickham, sorry, and um, Wickham and Plymouth, easiest way to do that is go and take three points off them, and they, they've put themselves in a position where they should feel relatively confident of, of being able to do that. Without going into too much of other clubs' results, obviously Sunderland lost at home on Saturday, which is interesting. And 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 so teams are going to drop points. You know, perhaps perhaps we've had our bad patch. Wouldn't that be wonderful if our our, our poorest patch of the season's behind us? Could easily be, you know, because we haven't really yeah. got going yet. We're now starting to get going, but um, you know, we were, you know, town in the bottom four, you know, not too long ago. So um, four points off the playoffs, very good, very good news all round. Um, talking of good news, we changed the subject to ladies football and the Ipswich Town ladies. Now Roscoe, tell us. Talk of ninety fifth minute winners. There's another ninety fifth minute winner. This time the Tractor Girls. Um, produced it at, uh, at Delwood Avenue, Felixstowe, uh, on Sunday afternoon. You were there, as per usual, with your, your large camera, no doubt, in, in attendance um, <laughs> and running up and down the pitch. And, uh, Gore, tell us all about it. Who was it against and what happened and how did, how did the girls play? I was definitely not running up and down. I was very much sitting on a stool. It's a, oh. it's a big camera. Um, but, no, yeah, you know, two Ditches Town side scoring late winners, you know, absolute scenes. As standards, um, they're playing Bridgewater United, basically formerly of Yeovil Town, and it's been our toughest test yet. It was first versus third, um, and yeah, they they took us to to the end pretty much. They were very physical. They had a, a big centre half. She was probably probably six foot four, just like uh, Britt Johnson, probably not that big, but um, they really took us a really physical game. And then Natasha Thomas does what she does best: leaps like a salmon with the header from a corner. Um, and she scores she scores a late winner, and it's uh, nine games undefeated so far for the Tractor Girls, and uh, great crowd there, 395 in attendance, new people. My cousin was there, haven't seen her for ages, so I sort of said hello, <laughs> and um, there was also Hutchie there with his little girl Jessica, so uh, it was nice to see them too. Mm, so her so, so first football match, that was. Um, we, only, we only made it just a couple of minutes into the second half, she got... Um, she had, she'd had enough, but she was she was she was clapping along. She was she kept shouting, "Come on, Blues!" every every few minutes and clapping. Um, um, but she, to be fair, she spent most of the half we we were there uh, going round the seats in the little stand behind the goal, um, putting them down so that they were ready for other people to come and sit in. That's uh, that was the main activity of the day. That's lovely. That that is lovely. What a lovely little daughter you have there, Andy. Go around sorting the seats. Out. Did you did you have a cheeseburger? Uh, no, I did. I consumed uh, nothing on the premises. Nothing at, all. 
No, we came home and had uh, there's just the two of us all day. We came home and we had toad in the hole and roast potatoes, wow. um, what which are her favourite. So uh, what a Sunday lunch, but look, it was but, delightful. But in all seriousness, 395 in attendance for the ladies. I mean, that is, you know, most non-league clubs um, in Ipswich and Suffolk would 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 die for that attendance. So it's a fantastic attendance uh, figure, uh, Ross. I mean, then you know, fair play. I mean, that's. They're, they're attracting interest, aren't they? People are people are people are really t- sitting up and taking note. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's growing every week. I think we've been getting over three hundred now for the last four or five home games. So it keeps growing. Um, of course, we've got the double header this weekend. The, the Tractor Girls are playing Plymouth at Home Park as well. So um, hopefully, some fans will stay for that as well. But uh, yeah, it's attracting more fans. You know, if that if they enjoy Saturday, then they come down a Sunday. A nice little trip to Felixstowe. You, you've been there before, I'm sure, Mike. Yep. Uh, nicely, I've set up at Felixstowe, and um, you get some good football. Um, fortunately, for Hutchie's first game, it wasn't the greatest first half. That's probably why <laughs> he also left. But no, the second half, we, we got we got it done, and um, it was a good three points for them. And you know, two two games on the weekend for Richard Town and scoring late winners. You know, who could write that? Are they actually playing at home park, like in the stadium? Yeah, yeah. So basically, you you are going to be living inside home park all weekend next weekend. Yeah, I'm just gonna try to. I'm gonna find somewhere. I'm just gonna hide to sleep there just tonight. In, so don't worry about hotels. Toilets. Yeah, in the toilets. Yeah, lock myself in there. Take one of the little tiny camp tent, tent camp, camp tent. You can sort of just erect and sort of just just like a little. You know, you you could put a little. You know, you could put a little something out. Little cardboard or something, you know, feed me or something outside your outside your tent or something, and people could drop sort of, you know, drops a tin of soup or something. Just to... you, you could go in under one, you know, those lamps they put out on the pitch to kind of just warm yeah. the pitch yeah. and keep like you go under one of those. That'd be yeah. quite quite nice. Oh, you'd be able to warm. Lovely. Oh, that'd be well, that lovely. Weekend in Plymouth for Ross. That's that's wonderful. Wonderful. Looking forward to that. Um, but well, I hope you enjoy this podcast. Um, now look, coming up very shortly. I say shortly, but in the not too distant future is a Papa John's trophy clash. Now, it's a big one. It's Ipswich versus Colchester United. Of course, plenty of ex-town players in the Colchester side. And I believe, now, I've been told, I've been, the Heath Monster has texted me, texted me from his bath to tell me that there's a competition uh, going on for KOA Army fans to win tickets for the Papa John's trophy. He's then also said to me, I can't trust you with this bacon, so I've handed it over to the Hutchman. Now, Hutchman, is this true? Or what? That is true. Um, it is true on all counts. As uh, as Papa John's Trophy group games go, uh, they don't get any bigger than this, do they? Um, uh, yeah, we'll leave the hyping at that at that point. I think. But, uh, yeah, as far as this competition goes, um, this is as big as it's going to get with with potentially Luke Chambers, uh, Cole Skews, Freddie Sears, Alan Judge, Tommy Smith, uh, Frank Newbel, Tom Eastman, Dean Gherkin. Can Dobbs play? Don't think so. No. But he might be there. Um, yeah, all coming back. And we have, you're correct. We've got um we've got two pairs of tickets to give away to this game, courtesy two pairs. of so that's two four. pairs, four tickets, yeah. Two pairs of tickets to give away, courtesy of Papa John's. Um, and in order to be in with a chance to win them, you have to do three things, dear listeners. Uh if you're watching on video, that's gonna come up on the screen. You have to do three things. The first one is follow the Kings of Anglia Twitter account or the Instagram account. Ross, you're going to need to put this on Instagram, just a heads up. Um, Follow the account, share the post, which will have the attached image to it, which includes this question, uh, which of these former Ipswich players does not now play for Colchester? And it's A, Luke Chambers, B, Tommy Smith, C, Christoph Berrer. You might know the answer to that. And the third, yeah, you're ineligible, I'm afraid. Terms and conditions oh. do apply, which means okay. that, which you cannot win. Okay. Um, and the third thing you need to do is within you need to share this post answering the question correctly. So that's all going to go up on our Twitter and uh, Instagram accounts later on this afternoon, and will be up a few times between now and uh, the end of this week. And uh, we'll pick two rin- winners at random from from people who are able to follow those three very simple instructions of follow, share and answer. Um, two people at random on Friday morning to um, to win the tickets to the game on, I think it's November the 9th, isn't it? Two, week, uh, two weeks tomorrow, two weeks on Tuesday. So, uh, yeah, a nice, a nice little prize there. 
a nice little KOA prize for our for our loyal uh, listeners and viewers. I mean, in fact, that I thought you were going to throw in a few pizzas, Andy, but obviously, oh, you, well, you... they're nowhere to be seen, Mike. It's, oh. it's, it, you're more likely to get you're more likely to get some mash out of Ipswich Town than you are to get hold of a pizza in the Papa John's Trophy. I I have not. I've been to probably six or seven Papa John's Trophy games now since this tournament got sponsored by them. I haven't seen a single pizza. It's a disgrace. Mm. Um, mm. But between you and I, the reason we're running this competition is we think it might be the gateway to potentially yes. some free pizza at some point. So, uh, and of course, wanting to give away two pairs of tickets to the big game for uh, to our, our lovely listeners. So, uh, yeah, no pizza yet. I think you're right, Andy. I mean, we, we really use this as a bit of a decoy to try and get hold of some pizza. But um, it's our fans who are going to, our KOA fans who are going to benefit, and hopefully uh, the winners will, um, the winners will enjoy. Uh, take. It's a big game, isn't it, Andy? I know it's a little way off, and I mean, for a Papa John's, it's it's this it's the yeah. design, isn't it? Oh, oh yeah, that's yeah. I've never mentioned that. It's a it. Not only is there the fun and games of uh, two, uh, two or more uh, Ipswich icons of the the recent past coming back um potentially to play but it is also a winner takes all uh decider um because basically whoever comes out of this game with more points on the night um will uh, will progress to the knockout stages and that could include a penalty shootout so wow. Uh, wow we could we could get to see luke chambers taking a penalty for an opposition team in front of the north stand which um by anybody's money is worth uh following sharing and answering a question in a bid to win free tickets to that so uh yeah go out and um you'll you'll see the competition up on our social media channels and you can uh, get involved if, if that's something that takes your fancy roscoe can we be, can you be trusted to sort out this competition because i'll follow share it's a bit like hands face space i mean it's follow share what is it? Follow, share, enter, or something? I've forgotten already myself. Let's go with um, let's go with follow, follow, share, answer. Follow, share, answer. We could put it up in that like the NHS did with the, with the hands, face, but that sort of yellow, sort of green thing. Um, right. So that's great. So you can sort that out, Roscoe. Yes, I shall. You're good. Excellent. Well, look, um, we're coming. We're coming near the end of the podcast now for this week. It's been it's been a joyous weekend. We really have all enjoyed. I hope you've enjoyed. Obviously. Um, Obviously, the fantastic winner of Flutes put us all in good fettle for what some big tests ahead, Andy, as we say. I mean, that's the thing, as we'll talk about Plymouth later in the week when the Heath Monster will hopefully have recovered from um, from his trip and he's fallen into his pond. And, um, yeah, he'll be with us on Friday. Yeah, it's some big stuff coming up, Andy. We won't go into it in detail, but, uh, yep, the season's really starting to boil up. Yeah, it's like, like we were saying, hopefully they're now kind of reaching a point where they're going to go into this run of really important games with um, with a load, of, a load of confidence and feeling that they're ready to... Uh ready to make an impact. Yes, Portsmouth was a massive, massive win. Um, but there's a lot more of these games on the on the horizon. Do it at Plymouth, do it at Wickham. My word, if they could take six points off the, the top two, the top two in the space of four days, um, that would make the Portsmouth statement look quite insignificant, wouldn't it? So uh yeah, some big tests coming and um some real intrigue. I bet you're. I bet you're buzzing, aren't you, uh, Roscoe? Looking forward to, for, to the next half a dozen games. Yeah, it's crunch time. It's big, big boy time in League One. Um, yeah, buzzing as always. Time to put on the big boy pants and uh, and see and see what they can do. Hmm. I haven't got any big boy pants. I must be honest, but I have. I do have some little speedos, which are uh, which I sometimes manage to squeeze myself into. Um, usually in the speedway season, of course, because it's summer. But I might actually bring them out for for the for soon as we get into that stage. Of the football season, where I get very excited, I might bring them out for um, yeah, I might bring out for that. Um, look, this is a bit. This I hope you enjoyed the. <laughs> any other business we well, no, just, always uh, says any other business, which I never, no one ever has any. So, is it worth me saying anything? It's worth you saying it. And it's, uh, any other business means I'm going to finish this podcast in a minute, unless you tell me not to. That's our just as a uh, peek behind the curtain. Um, that is, um, I'm going to open the kimono and tell you that that is uh, a code. That means ah. that means uh, we're we're done unless you tell me that we're not. So uh, ask the ask the question. Mm, okay, right, uh, Roscoe. Any other business? No. I knew you'd say that. You're not supposed to say. It. You're supposed to think of something. Hope <laughs> uh, everyone has a good week. Oh, oh that's say. not that's oh, not Halloween, that's Halloween and all that. It's Halloween that's, on Sunday. That's, yeah, that's nice, and all that. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. How you have a good week. Uh, and Andrew. Um, 
I'll call you Andrew again because obviously we're getting to the point uh, for, for, for posh sort of time. Of the, of the, um, any other business, Andrew? Do, do you have anything to? I just hope that everybody has a good week. Excellent. That's fantastic. So hope you all have a good week. Um, look, this has been uh, this has been the big porker. Pork poncho, pork, pork. Follow me, hashtag pork poncho, pork 38 sleeps, pork, pork poncho um, on Twitter and wherever else you want to follow me. Follow the Andy Warren on whatever. And of course, Roscoe, the Ross, Ross Halls, Roscoe, he's he's obliterated social media. So you, you can't fail to find him. Um, Andrew, anything before we go? <laughs> no other business. Roscoe. Goodbye. Goodbye. No other business. Up the town. 94th minute winner. Another one of them at Plymouth on Saturday. Nice. We'll speak to you later on this week. From true crime to football, Brexit to Oakville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. channel